Good morning, church. Good morning, church online. We uh, sang a great song about the mountain of God, ascending to the mountains. And it's great to have you at God's mountain, Mount Horeb, the place where in the Old Testament where God spoke to Moses in the burning bush and told him to go and deliver his people <clears throat> to set them free. And that message is still being proclaimed today. We certainly want to welcome Chad and his family. Uh, they're there in the back, and again, welcome. And I want us to, as a prayer-driven church, take a moment to pray for Chad's father, who is uh, sick in, in Texas, and want to pray for the Spirit of God to be upon him. Would you pray right now for Chad and his dad? Father God, we lift up our prayers for Mr. Myers. We pray, Lord, that you would send your, your healing touch upon him, and God, uh, the doctors and decisions and, and Lord, do something supernatural in his life and his body. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And may you be glorified and honored in all of this. In Christ's name I pray, amen and amen, amen. We're so glad you're here. We're continuing a sermon series called The Psalms of Ascent. Uh, when the Jewish pilgrims would ascend the mountains on their way to Jerusalem to worship God at the temple. For them, it was where heaven met earth, and they would communicate with holy God there in Jerusalem. Isaiah, in chapter 2, gives us a messianic word when he says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all. It'll be the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. Now, I'm not sure Isaiah was talking about internet stream, but, but it could have been. The world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. So that's why the pilgrims traveled to Jerusalem. They wanted to hear the word of God. That God would hear their prayers, hear their praise, and change their lives. They would primarily go to Jerusalem three times a year for the feast of Passover, the feast of Pentecost, and in the fall of the year, the feast of the tabernacle, when they would bring praise to God for the harvest that he had provided. I shared two weeks ago that scholars think that Jesus walked over 15,000 miles in his 33 years on the planet. And many of those miles were spent walking to Jerusalem, ascending the mountain of God, where he would go and worship God in the temple. And I was thinking about the times that, that I had ascended up a mountain. Two years ago, I had the chance to ascend the Rocky Mountains on horseback uh, in, in East Yellowstone to go mule deer hunting. And I'm not sure what I was thinking, but uh, 
it was quite an experience as we would ride up these switchback trails, climbing the Rocky Mountains in search of mule deer. And there is a picture of the trails that we would take uh, as we traveled along the way. And it was an experience for me I'd never done. And, I, and we were riding on a particular steep switchback, rocks, very, very um, loose rocks, some ice, some snow. And, and my, my guide in front of me, who's my good friend, Brian Palmera, said to me this, said this to me as he looked back over his shoulder and said, go light in the stirrup on the downhill side. I had to think about that for a minute. Go light in the stirrup on the downhill side. And I'm thinking, what does he mean by that? Go light in the stirrup on the downhill side. The, the hill was to my, the cliff was to my, when he said hill, it was actually like a 2,000 foot cliff to my left. And then he said these words, we lost a couple horses there last year on the cliff. I'm thinking, oh, this is not good. And so I then asked him, are we going to practice this? <laughs> no, you, it'll come to you. Just ride light in your left stirrup, which means that when the horse went over the cliff, if it did, then because my weight was on the right, I would naturally just tumble off the horse right. <laughs> and then another time we were riding and ascending through the snow and through the ice and and I looked down and the horse, my horse is walking in these huge tracks in the snow. And I'm going, Brian, what are these tracks? He said, ah, just grizzly bears. You know, you know, ascending the Rocky Mountains on horseback was a bit frightening to me. And, and these, these, uh, this trip these pilgrims would make were dangerous trips. They were climbing mountains with slippery slopes. There was the heat of the day and the cold of the night, there were robbers along the way. Psalm 125, our text for the day is ascending God's mountain. Would you, would you stand if you're able, if you're at home today watching, you can stand with us as we honor the word of God. I'm reading from the message version today. Those who trust in God are like Zion mountain. Nothing can move it. A rock solid mountain you can always depend on. Mountains encircle Jerusalem and God encircles his people. Always has and always will. Say that with me. Always has and always will. The fist of the wicked will never violate what is due the righteous, provoking wrongful violence. Be good to your good people, God, to those whose hearts are right, God will round up the backsliders, corral them with the incorrigibles, peace over Israel. Peace over Israel. Peace over you today as you hear the word of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So in this Psalm 125 and throughout these Psalms, the psalmist is speaking to believers who are traveling to worship God. In this particular text, he's also talking to backsliders and to unbelievers. I want to spend a few minutes talking to believers. If you're here today with us online and you're a believer, I want you to hear these words this morning. And that is how to have an unshakable faith. 
If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, a believer in God, how can you have an unshakable faith? How can you find stability in an unstable world? And can we agree that we are living in an unstable world? There is a lot of craziness going on in our world. This past Tuesday was my birthday, and I was able to have a, a very uh, ex- exciting and unusual conversation with our former governor and UN ambassador, Nikki Haley, and her husband, Michael. We got to spend about three hours together uh, talking uh, about what's going on in the world. And you might imagine she has some very interesting um, and insightful thoughts on what's going on in our country. And I asked her, I said, Ambassador Haley, what is your biggest concern in the midst of COVID-19, in, in the midst of racial unrest and divide and political division in, in our country? And she said, my number one concern is the geopolitical destabilization of our country, that the enemies of our country will take advantage of our distractions. They will take advantage of our instability. And they are working 24-7 to try to find ways to harm our country. That's what enemies do, right? It doesn't matter whether they're international enemies or they're our own personal enemies. If enemies think that we are unstable, we are vulnerable, they will look for ways to attack. As we talked together, I shared with her my thoughts on that. I said, certainly that is a, a major concern, but, but Ambassador Haley, there's something else going on in our world too. And that is we are in the middle of a, of a spiritual warfare. There's been an evil presence that's trying to, been trying to destabilize our world from the beginning. It started in the Garden of Eden and continues even now. And one of my favorite verses in all the scripture is John 10, 10, where Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life abundant. But the thief, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And there is a thief in our world, the devil, Satan, an evil presence that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy And one of the ways that that is being done is through destabilizing the structures that we have. Those who trust in God are like Zion's mountain. Nothing can move it. A rock-solid mountain you can always depend upon. God encircles his people. He always has and he always will. Let me just say this. If you're a believer today, watching online or here in the room, evil will not have the final say. Can I get an amen to that? This, this evil that is in our world today will not have the final say. In fact, the text talks about that. It says, um, the fists of the wicked will never violate what is due the righteous. We live in a broken world. No, make no mistake about it. But we have one on Easter Sunday that defeated evil, that defeated sin and defeated death through the power of the resurrection. Zion can be interpreted as a fortress, a place where God dwells here in the Old Testament. That's why we sing, a mighty fortress is our God. 
a bulwark never failing. And just as Jerusalem was surrounded by mountains, God's people are surrounded by his power and presence. Today, if you're a believer, you are surrounded by God's power and God's presence always has been and always will. Now that gives me confidence today. No matter what's going on in an unstable world, I have a stable God who surrounds me with his power and surrounds me with his presence and surrounds you if you're a believer. Every day when you and I begin our day, we have to ask ourselves this question, will I acknowledge God's presence? Will I be aware that God is here? Will I, will I give him the permission to have his way in my life? Will I depend on myself in this crazy world or will I depend on God? It's a real simple question. Am I depending on myself or am I depending on God? I was talking to a family after the last service and they were talking about a family member who's really struggling. And one of the, re one of the reasons they're really struggling is because they're depending on themselves. They, 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 they're looking how they can get out of a mess. I've been there. How many of you have been there? Been in a mess before? Made some mistakes? Trying to get my way out and it was not working. Felt like I was in quicksand. I was treading water, trying to stay afloat. And then I asked God to help me. And God sent a way and God made a way. I depended on him and he rescued me. That's what believers do. We look to God for our strength. I love what Psalm 50, 15 says from the Living Bible. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble. That's God speaking. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you. And I love what it says here. And you can give me glory. In your times of trouble, trust me. I will rescue you and then you give me glory. You don't say, look what I did. Boy, I handled that problem. No, you give God the glory as a believer because he has the power to rescue you. Every day we have to choose what we're going to trust in. Will we turn to God first or will we turn to God as a last resort? Jeremiah 2.13 says, for my people... My people, not unbelievers, my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. My people have dug broken wells. They've dug some broken wells. And I thought that was a profound passage. The Lord led, that to, led me to that this week. And, and I thought about what are the wells that, that, that God's people are trying to drink from? Instead of drinking from the word of God, instead of being in the presence and the power of God, I think that we are being tempted to drink from the well of secularism. That somewhere in the secular world we'll find our answers. We'll find our meaning. We'll find our purpose. A lot of us are drinking from the well of social media. And by looking at Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all, some of the other stuff I don't even know about, 
They were somehow trying to find some meaning. They were trying to find out our meaning and who we are and what other people believe. And I'm telling you, it's a broken well. Science, I'm a big believer in science, but science is not gonna fix your soul. Science might fix your broken bone, but it won't fix your soul. It's an empty well. We are striving right now to be socially woke, but more and more we're spiritually broke. We, we don't know how to solve our problems that we identify because we're spiritually empty. You know, I believe that Jesus was socially woke, but he wasn't spiritually broke. He, he taught that we should fulfill the great commandment, love God, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and what? Love your neighbor as yourself. But he also gave a great commission that we would go and change the world. We wouldn't cave into the world. We wouldn't give into the world. We would go and change the world and through him, redeem the world for the kingdom of God. The founder of the, of the Methodist movement, John Wesley, was socially woke, but also spiritually awake. He believed in social justice. He was a part of helping eradicate slavery in England. He fought against child labor in England. He promoted women in ministry in England that spread to the U.S. But his social justice was based on scriptural truth. He believed in the great commandment, but he also believed in the great commission. He believed that we had to take the gospel to everyone. And we didn't back down on, to anybody. That's why Methodism spread all over the U.S. in the frontier days, because of a love for God and a love for the great commission of Christ. So to believers, I want to encourage you to trust God in the midst of all of this. This, this God who is immovable, this God who is unshakable, this God who encircles his people always has and always will. I'm going to give you four things real quickly, church believers, Choose every day to trust God by making God your first priority. Make God your first priority. Don't go to the empty wells as your priority. Start your day out with God, not social media. Don't end your day with social media. End your day with God. I love what uh, Psalm 122 says. It says, when they said, let us go to the house of God, my heart leaped for joy. And now we're here, O Jerusalem, inside Jerusalem's walls. Jerusalem, well-built city, built as a place for worship, the city to which the tribes ascend. All God's tribes go up to worship. Make God your first priority. Number two, make God's word your source of truth. A lot of people trying to speak truth out there. A lot of relative truth. Truth not defined by reality. Truth not defined by facts or revelation. Truth that somebody says is my truth. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Therefore, anyone or everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. You want a stable house? You want a stable life? listen to the words of Jesus and put them into practice. Those, that's the well that you can drink from. Remember when, when, the, when Jesus met a woman at the well 
who had been married five times, had been drinking from all kinds of wells and came out in the middle of the day because she was an outcast and the man that she was currently living with was not her husband. And what did Jesus say? I can give you some living water. You've been drinking from the wrong well. Your cistern is broken, but sister, I can give you living water. I can change your life. Believers continue to trust in the word of God as a source of truth. And then make God the foundation of your home. Make God the foundation of your home. Joshua, the great chapter, verse 24, chapter 24, verse 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. The gods of your ancestors, the gods of the Amorites. But Joshua said, but for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's going to be my priority in, a, in an unstable world. I'm going to serve the Lord. He is the rock of ages. He is a sure and solid foundation, and he surrounds me. And then finally, make faith, if you're a believer, more important than fear. Faith in God more important than fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. You know, when I look at this psalm about the mountains, the psalmist is talking about geology and not psychology. Geology. He says, look at these mountains and you can know what God is like. Too oftentimes, we struggle with our faith because we put our faith in our feelings. Anybody's feelings go up and down in this crazy time? You know, Chad talked about giving me a steadfast spirit and movable. That's based on what I know about God. What, these, what, what, what creation reveals about God, what, what scripture reveals about God. I want to base my faith on facts, not on feelings. Because my feelings are all over the map. But the facts never change. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Today, will you put your faith in God's promises? Will you put your trust in God's presence? Will you put your trust in God's protection? Will you put your trust in God's plan? And how about this one? Will you put your trust in God's perspective? And what does that mean? God's perspective is eternal. This, this earth is just temporary. COVID-19 is temporary. I had a birthday last week, as I said. It's just temporary, right? But eternity, that's another matter. And God is working with big picture, and may we have God's perspective when we trust him, that there's something bigger going on. Now, let me just say a word for a moment to those who maybe fall in the category of a backslider. What is a backslider? Don't let staying away cause you to stray away. Now, this is an unusual time. We've said that a million times. I'm tired of saying it. But this room is pretty much very, not empty, but it's, 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 uh, it's not full like it has been. And many people are staying away because of COVID-19. We certainly understand that. You're watching online and it's great to have you. And we're, but I'm concerned as a spiritual leader, as a pastor, that some people are becoming vulnerable to straying away because they've been staying away. Not by choice, but because of the situation. And I believe the evil one is preying on that. You know, 
going after those who were straying away. Remember Jesus, when he had the 99 sheep in the fold and one was missing, what did he do? He went after the one that strayed away. And you and I need to be mindful of that. That we need to be aware that people, where they are in their walk with God and that if they are starting to stray away from faith, we need to, we need to, we need to love on them. We need to reach out to them. We need to touch base with them. We need to go after them with the love of God and the mercy and grace of God. There's some good news as well in the midst of all this. A recent survey by the Pew Research Center found one quarter of U.S. adults, 24% say their faith has become stronger because of COVID-19. Now, I want you to hear this. That's 24% of overall U.S. adults, not just those who say they're religious. That's everybody. 24% have said that their faith has become stronger it's in, it's, it concurs with a Gallup survey, which said that 19% of Americans said their faith, their spirituality has gotten stronger as a result of this crisis. And, and 24% said they are now praying for this pandemic to end, and these people have never prayed before. So God is using what's going on to draw people to himself. These, this certainly may be times that try our souls, but they can also be times that restore our souls. That today, let's pray for people's souls to be restored. But I wanna just say a word to you this morning that if you are listening or you're here in person and you are straying away from the faith, you're questioning your faith, I, I, wanna, I want you to know that God loves you and that God has not given up on you and that God is chasing after you God is looking for you. Hebrews 12, one says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. If you're drifting today, I wanna to speak to you. Maybe you were close to God, but you've started to drift away from God. Maybe you've made some choices that you think are, have, have prevented you from getting back to God. There's nothing that you can do that God won't forgive. There's no place that you have, can run to that God won't go there to meet you. God loves you and God is searching for you. Second Timothy says, for a time is coming, and this grieves me, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. That's the world we live in today. And whether it's a friend or a family member, they're chasing after what their ears want to hear. I can have conversations with people and they will explain to me what they believe now and it is so far removed from God's truth and I wonder how they got there and whether it was on social media or some person or wherever, they have heard what they wanted to hear and they've drifted and strayed far away from God. Be careful about that church, about drifting away from God. Revelation two, Jesus said, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the work you did at first. If you don't repent, 
I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Jesus speaking to the churches in the book of Revelation that be careful that you don't stray away in your faith. And it begins real subtly. It doesn't happen overnight. As we stop loving God as much, our, our, our attraction starts going to other things. Be careful, church, that in this time of staying away, that you don't begin to stray away. Now, let me separate the idea of wrestling in your faith with wandering in your faith. Wrestling in your faith can be a good thing. And if you're wrestling in your faith, you can grow closer to God by wrestling in your faith. Throughout scripture, people wrestled with their faith. They ask hard questions. God can handle your hard questions. God can handle your doubts and, and, and things that you want to know. But that's different from wandering away in your faith. Wandering away can lead you away from truth and lead you away from faith. So in the midst of staying away, make sure you stay connected to God in prayer. Make sure you stay connected to scripture. Stay in the word of God. Discern what you're hearing. Commit to going from elementary spiritual truth to go to maturity. Stay connected with the community of faith. The evil one loves to get people in isolation, to get you away from faith. I was reading the story of the famous philosopher Bertrand Russell, who was born in a Christian home, taught to believe in God, but later in life he became an outspoken atheist. He wrote a lot about atheism and was probably one of the biggest contributors of atheism in the world today. His daughter, Catherine Tate, said of her dad around the time of his death that somewhere in the bottom of my father's heart, in the depths of his soul, there was an empty space that was once filled by God and he never found anything to fill it. Voltaire said, I believe Voltaire said this, that within each of us is a God-shaped vacuum. And, and you can't fill it with anything but God. But we got a world where people are drinking from wells that are broken. And they're trying to fill the emptiness of their life with water that will not satisfy. Bertrand Russell went to his death as an atheist. Don't allow staying away to cause you to stray away from God. And we were coming down the mountain one night from a long day of, of hunting. It was two hours past sunset. We're, we're coming down, ascending down the mountain, and there's a river to my right, and there's trees to my left, and the rocks are slippery, and it's, again, got ice, and these mountain horses are amazing. And I'm following my guide and his pack horse. I'm bringing up the rear. And all of a sudden, I can't see him. I can't see the horse in front of me. It's so dark. But my horse, I'm trusting my horse because my horse is walking, stumbling and walking. And all of a sudden, I run into the horse in front of me. Or my horse runs into the, front of, in the horse in front of him. And my guide, Brian, says, uh, we're off the trail. My horse got off the trail. 
So he turns on the light and, and he finds the, the trail and we start on again. About 10 minutes later, same thing happens. And Brian says, we're off the trail again. He says, I believe my horse has got some night blindness. I said, what is that? He said, well, my horse can't see the trail anymore. Well, how are we going to get back? And Brian reached into his backpack and pulled out a, he a strong headlamp, put a headlamp on so his horse could see the trail and we could get back. And I was talking to Brian about that this week. And this is what he said. As long as you stay connected to someone who is not blind, they can lead you out of darkness. They can lead you out of danger. And they can lead you out of certain disaster. Jesus came to be the light to the world. And we got a, a lot of people that are walking in darkness. We got a lot of people that are walking in danger. And a lot of people walking in certain disaster. But Jesus came to be a light. And to show us the way to God who is, wants to protect us and, and, and get us home safely. He also calls you and I to be a light. To let Jesus Christ shine to a world that's dark. Isaiah 28, 16, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is precious. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes needs never be shaken. What is the cornerstone that Isaiah is talking about? He's talking about Jesus. That Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our faith. I love what Hebrews 12, 28 says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him, worship him with holy fear and awe. My friends, Jesus Christ gives us an unshakable foundation in an unstable world. One final verse, Hebrews 12, 2. As we navigate instability, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race that we're in, studied how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Today, if you're listening or you're here and you've lost sight of where God wants you to be going, you can find your way back by keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ. Dr. Billy Graham told the story of the missionary named John Patton a missionary in the South Pacific. And one night, the villagers, the warriors of the tribe they had been sent to reach had gathered around their camp with torches and spears. The Pattons thought that they were going to die, that the camp was going to be burned. So they got on their knees and they prayed to the God who surrounds the mountains, the God who encircles his people. They spent the night on their knees in prayer. And when, they, when the sun finally came up, they looked around and the, the warriors were gone. Their village had been spared and they were alive. And they praised God and they thanked God for saving them. About a year later, the chief of that tribe who had threatened them became a believer in Jesus. And when he came and he talked to the missionary family, they said, why didn't you kill us that night? Why didn't you burn down the village? And this warrior said, because when we got to your village, there were these giants in the hills 
with lights surrounding your village. And they were much greater than our warriors. And so we left. Now, who were those people? Were they angels? Was it the hand of God, the presence of God? I believe so. And it changed the lives of those warriors who came to destroy. My friends, we serve a God who is bigger than the coronavirus. We serve a God that's bigger than any obstacle you're facing. I'm gonna ask you to trust God today. If you're a believer, praise him. If you're straying away from your faith, return to your faith. If you don't believe him at all, today would you invite him into your life? Give God a try. Drink from God's well. Drink from the living water and you will thirst no more. Father God, I thank you for this time of worship. I thank you for the pilgrims of Israel who, who ascended to your hill. And I thank you that Jesus has come down to this earth so that right now we can invite Jesus Christ into our hearts. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. We don't have to go to a mountain. We just need to get on our knees. We need to bow our heads, confess our sins, and invite the, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, to enter into our hearts, to give us peace that passes all understanding. Now, Father God, do that mighty work right now in someone who is straying, someone who doesn't believe. And Father God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving us strength. And bless your people now. Jesus Christ, be magnified in us. Reveal yourself in us today. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.